because it's time for another episode of Outwatch, a Survivor Rewatch podcast. My name is Alex, your host and guide through our rewatch journey, and I'm joined by three of my friends taking in these fascinating, thought-provoking, and hair-raising seasons of Survivor for the very first time. Whether this is your first time taking in these seasons or you're undergoing your own rewatch, um, or just you want to reminisce on seasons past, we hope that we will be a wonderful companion to your experience. You have caught us in our speed watch of Survivor Cook Islands. We're taking it a few episodes per pod um, as we kind of blaze through Cook Islands in preparation for uh, one of the marquee events in the podcast's history where we will be taking on Survivor Fans versus Favorites a.k.a. Micronesia here, coming up soon. So, today, uh, we will be covering episodes 10, 11, and 12 of Survivor Cook Island. Spoilers, of course, if you haven't watched them. That's kind of the whole thing with this podcast as we talk about the show. So, if you don't want to be spoiled, you should watch the episodes first. Um, lots happened. This is kind of the, the pivot point of this season, this three-episode stretch, and we will cover it in detail, but first, uh, it's time for you to meet the rest of the Outwatch squad. So, Scott, welcome to Outwatch. Hello. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I don't have a question for you. So, Adam, welcome to Outwatch. So good to be here. And Emily, welcome to Outwatch. Thank you for having me. So, like we uh, have grown accustomed to in this rewatch, we're just going to kind of plow through these episodes. Um, and we're going to start here with episode 10 titled people that you like want to see you suffer, which is kind of like an odd sentence that I had to read a few times before I grasped the meaning of. Um, and this is a big one, right? This is the bottle twist episode. If you are familiar with the season, you'll know what we're talking about. We'll cover it in detail. Um, so first let, let's just kind of break down what happens in this episode, right? We have... Uh, the big thing, um, that happened in the previous episode was the mutiny, right? Candace and Jonathan hop ship and join the Raro tribe. Um, and Jonathan, uh, regrets flipping here at first at the reward tribe. I two wins again. They have yet to lose since this new I two tribe has been established. Once again, they send Candace to exile Island. Um, Jonathan catches a bunch of fish on the Raro tribe. I2 wins their immunity again. And now here's the hook, the, the, the catch here. Raro is given a sealed bottle to open after they vote. So they go to tribal council. Um, they complete the first vote in which um, they vote out Rebecca. And then they open the bottle. And it turns out they have to vote someone else out. 
And now they vote again and they vote out Jenny. So just like that, this hyper majority of Raro is down to, um, I think they're up just maybe one player um, at this point. So it things definitely get a lot more even. Um, yeah, let, let's talk about, first of all, uh, this bottle twist. I've got a clip here queued up for us in which we discover what this twist is. I'll go ahead and play this to wet your whistle for this experience. Now it's time to get to the bottle. Poverty, before you open it, was there a consensus as to what the note inside might say? The consensus is it's a merge, am I right, guys? But we don't know. We're hoping it's just going to roll out a whole buffet for us to open coffee, Ice cream. champagne. Let's find out. Poverty. I want you to open the note and read it out loud. You've just voted out one member of your tribe. You will now vote out another. That's not fun. And so there you have it. <laughs> I forgot that Barbity said that. That's not fun. <laughs> this isn't fun anymore. Yeah, yeah, really channeling her inner Garrett Adelstein in this moment. <laughs> So this is the the big thing this episode and one of the big things of the season. What was your reaction um, to this twist? Right. So the way that this is is formatted is um, the immunity challenge happens and not only does the winner get immunity, but the loser also gets this sealed bottle, which will, you know, have some fate in it. Turns out they have to vote out an extra player. Um, when you saw this happen, right, when they open up the bottle and it it's revealed what the twist is, what was your reaction to this? Well, right before it happened, Adam was like, they're going to have to vote someone out. And then she read it and I was like, OK, how did you know that? So that was kind of a bummer. Well, what, made you, what made you think that? Well, I don't know. It was like up until like the moment when she was opening it, I was like, I have no idea what this is. And then just the moment she's opening it, like they're going to have to vote someone else out. It's just like something about it. Just like it felt the music and everything that Survivor did to edit that moment <laughs> did just enough. It to, telegraphed it to you. Yeah. yeah. And in hindsight, it like makes too much sense because like they're already at tribal. So court, what else are they going to do? Sure. Right. Sure. Like they're not going to merge there. Right. <laughs> Yeah, it's there's no way it was a merge. I this is we we didn't watch the actual like intro to the challenge. I don't think okay. I don't know if that was just not a part of the timestamp or if we didn't watch that part of the episode. Is the bottle, uh, like, like does Jeff say that the bottle is a part of losing the challenge before the challenge happens? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so this isn't something that like the producers put out like if Rara wins, like. Right screw them so this is this is one of the all-time famous survivor conspiracy theories right Mm -hmm. is like were there two bottles i think that was my question yeah because i wondered if he had again we didn't watch it if he had shown them like whoever loses will get this bottle Mm -hmm. i was like there's no way although in the next the next time they meet up don't they meet for a challenge and it's just a merge um, or do I believe. They have more challenges in yeah, between? yeah, yeah, yeah. The next thing that happens is a merge. Okay, because I was going to say, like, they would not make people 
compete with two people in a tribe. Like that's not going to sure. Right. But they didn't. So I guess it could have been well, the same bottle. That's right. also, I know that game shows have a lot of regulations that they have to go through um, just to make sure that they're fair. Right. And I can't imagine that having like two different bottles like that is really like yeah. going to be up to snuff with those yeah. sorts of committees. So I don't know. I feel like they really just, that just feels so wild to me. I, I don't know. Let's like play this out. Right. So imagine that I two loses. Um, and now they go to tribal and they vote two people out. So now you merge and you've got eight raros, no, seven raros in two I twos. Like, is that, I don't know. I, I kind of come as I think about this more, I think that though production's probably rooting that for I two to win and is banking on it. Right. Cause they can't mm-hmm. lose at this point. That if the alternative is like, okay, well, let's just speed this up one way or another, right? Either I2 completes the comeback and they even things up or they're going to get picked off anyway. So we're just going to speed it up. You know what I mean? That's fair. That actually like pushes the merge into more of a like, all right, like we're not just going to spend three episodes where you pick off these four I2. Like you have to do something. That's not a horrible decision, I guess, from the producer's standpoint, just from like producing television. Like that obviously sucks for I do, but sure. Yeah, I don't know. I I didn't hate the bottle twist necessarily. Mm -hmm. It does just from what we know about Survivor being. um, Like, it's really easy when you start having momentum. It's it's hard to turn that momentum around yeah in general that i'm not sure i love the twist where it is i think that'd be an interesting twist to throw in like in an individual thing Hmm. but then you got to deal with immunity i don't know yeah yeah it's at this pivotal point right like right before the merge this like determines what the beginning of the merge looks like right is this twist yeah and on the subject of i2 Right. Since this mutiny now, we've seen them do, is it three challenges, four challenges, four challenges, and they've not lost. Right. They're painted as like this group of underdogs, you know, the like Candace and Penner, they flew the coop and left them alone. And now it's just four of them against like the eight raros, but they keep winning. Right. Do you like, Mm. do you see them? as underdogs um at this point in the story are you are you starting to see like no actually they're the favorites um even though they may be down in the numbers so even with the challenges they probably they correct me if i'm wrong they can always go four on four still right yeah for the most part it depends on the yeah, challenge so design, like, but i yeah. mean in my mind they still have like ozzy and yule who are mm-hmm. both like very fit people and ozzy's been like a competition beast so like as far as the challenges go i don't necessarily think they are then maybe they've just found their found their rhythm so to speak Mm -hmm. i i think that the issue is because there are so many raro it's really hard they're not going to merge it when there are eight people in the game the merge will happen before that point which means that no matter what happens i2 is going to be down in the merge yeah so I think just from that fact alone, they have to be considered the underdogs because they will be entering the individual portion of the game 
with fewer people. Right. Yeah. And that's just, I I think that's just what it comes down to at the end of the day. Like they're definitely, I I think at this point, they're definitely favorites to win the challenges. And I mean, I, I think you'll even, I mean, just going into like further on from what we've watched here and the individual stuff, like you'll, keeps up with Ozzy like Ozzy blows him away yeah but Yule keeps up like he's ahead of pretty much everyone else that plays in the individual components like Yule in a challenge in, in, a, in a survivor season where Ozzy doesn't exist mm-hmm. Yule is gonna be like a huge favorite yeah but in challenges Ozzy just is leaps and leaps and bounds ahead of him yeah. like so I I don't know I too has a lot going for it at the end of the day, though. The merge thing is always just going to be its problem. Yeah, we've like talked about this before, but this is like from my recollection, top to bottom, the like best challenge performing cast like Ozzy is obviously like God tier. But yeah, like you said, if he's not there, you've got Yule, Parvati, Penner, Candice, Nate, like all of which are potential like go on a challenge run type of people and that it's just like so top loaded it's nuts Mm -hmm. um another thing that happens in this episode which gets a lot of airtime is the candace adam showmance really (laughs) gets into full effect emily (laughs) is throwing up her hands in disgust what uh what is your reaction to the showmance I just think it's pointless. <laughs> I just don't care. Like, I don't watch Survivor for that. And also, I don't know. I just, every time they kiss, I'm like, neither of you have brushed your teeth in a month. Yeah. They, ki- they <laughs> yeah. kiss a lot on air. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so among the showmances we've seen, right, the... Uh, standout, of course, is Figtails from Millennials vs. Gen X. <laughs> and then we can't discount Billy Garcia and Candace from Raro Tribe. Um, <laughs> amazing that Candace is in two showmances in the same season. <laughs> it's a love triangle. How many yeah, love triangles yeah. are there on Survivor? <laughs> I don't wonder how Billy feels about this watching it back. It's got to be tough for the guy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, have we seen other examples of showmances really? There, I'm struggling to come up with any. I don't think we have. I think this is the first true, other than Figtails. It's Figtails and this, as far as like yeah. a, a prominent storyline. Burton and the GMC Envoy. <laughs> <laughs> How can we forget? The God tier show, man. Yeah. Yes. I think they tried left and right with Amazon, but I don't think they ever got it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Amazon nothing was just there. set up to be the season of showmances and it no- nothing ever happened. Yeah, because look at who was on the men's tribe. Who was going <laughs> to. Alex was the only dateable guy on that tribe. Let's be honest. Hey, Alex and Bush. Don't kiss Matthew like that. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's weird, um, and it's very heavy this time of uh, the season. Let's also, this is kind of, I think, when Jonathan's story starts to reach a crescendo. Uh, Jonathan's like a, a, a character and a player that I think is, is a really divisive one, both 
on the island and i think in his like um in the reaction to him by the viewing audience too um what do you guys think about jonathan penner as a as a character and as a survivor player do you like him on your tv do you think he's good at survivor is he indeed a rat um what do we think about this guy Jonathan Penner is a slightly less chaotic Tony (laughs) without the player management that Tony has. Okay. Like Tony, Tony backstabbed so many people in his season, but at the end of the day, he always managed to come back to those people Mm -hmm. and get them to trust him again. Jonathan Penner never can do that. Like the only reason he's back with I2 is purely because they need him. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's it just it's a. Oh, like it's a. Uh, it's an economical relationship, like it's not uh, like a it's not one that's built on trust. It's yeah. not one that's built on anything at all other than we have something we can help you and you can help us. And that's the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, you know, you summoned Tony it, like Tony would say it's an alliance of numbers. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> not an alliance of comfort. <laughs> Yeah, it says, I don't know, everybody who, like, aligns with him, they kind of show them, and they're kind of looking to distance themselves from him. Like, I think we saw that with, like, Candace, and I think even with the I2 people. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, from what I, I don't know, I'm kind of conflicted on him. Because, like, in, like, the coming episodes, he kind of, like, his character, I guess, he either he gets shown more or he gets more comfortable with himself or something. Yeah. He starts to like speak out more and he becomes like an annoyance around camp. Mm-hmm. But also like, I guess forgetting the, that he flip flopped, like I don't know what he's doing besides being annoying. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I kind of see this as like, he, I can imagine living with him on this Island is really irritating. Yeah. Uh-huh. Cause he's just a little bit like, he just kind of has a loud personality. Yeah. But I feel like he's getting the brunt of people's just general malaise and yeah. and frustration of anything that's happening. Mm-hmm. Well, and especially when, I mean, you, you have a strategy. If you are Raro, you have a strategy that you feel super comfortable with. And you're like, yeah, we got this. Like, we're mm-hmm. going we're going down to just Raro. Then we're going to get rid of Jonathan. And then we'll work on you know, like everything else from there. Like, you feel on lock. You've hit cruise control. You're at day 28 or whatever it is. Yeah. You're fine. And then Jonathan goes and does this, which is hilarious because like he's at the bottom of your uh-huh. your, your your alliance. So yeah. like, you know, that's the person you got to watch out for anyway. So like they should have they they should have been on guard. So there's just this really intense moment of like frustration where they're like, we were fine. And then yeah. you screwed us. Yeah. And yeah. it's not a like we didn't plan for this. We didn't do whatever yeah. to mitigate this. Like they didn't do anything. Yeah. Because like, sure, they're mad at him, but also like He's just playing the game. Exactly. Like, were yeah. they surprised? Yeah. yeah. This is, I was, I was thinking about this, and I think that, like, everybody, pretty much everybody on the Rero at this point, minus Jonathan, is, like, like, young, hot, big chillin'. They're on this show, they're just hanging out, they're having a good time. To some degree, they're playing the game. The I2 bunch, minus Ozzy, who I lump into the other group, is, like, <laughs> 
like strategic game bot like Becky Yule um and Sundra are like you know just yeah strategy strategy and Penner's like I'm on a television show (laughs) you know what I mean yeah and like it's very entertaining but I could imagine for both of those other parties like the ones who just are here to hang out and the ones who are like I don't care about the TV show. I'm trying to win the strategy game, but that gets irritating. I I imagine that John Jonathan Penner is like he's like a really good amateur. Like he could be really good at Survivor if he wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And like you know, first first time through the game, mm-hmm. everyone like learns that it's way harder than it is on television. Right. Talking about it on a podcast, but like. This is just like, you know, someone who has just had like this natural ability to like think this way, but didn't actually like strategize well in terms of actual game mechanics. So I I don't know. I am curious because he comes back, doesn't he? Mm -hmm. I'm so curious to see him in another season. Yeah, because I I feel like the next time we see him, it could be a thousand times better. We could see that this is just the way he is. And like. He's just not very good at Survivor at the end of the day yeah. because he never grows from it. Yeah, this is like, you know, I'm I like am really like all the seasons that Penner ends up on, and but I haven't watched this one in a long time, and rewatching this, I think my biggest takeaway is Jonathan Penner is in the upper echelon of my favorite Survivor players ever. I find him to be so entertaining every time. That's high praise. Yeah. Yeah. He is like so funny and confessional, I find. And but like he's also I get the sense like he's sincere, too, I think. And he is like having a fun time, um, taking it seriously, but also like witty and scathing. Certainly not the best strategic survivor player out there. But, you know, if you announce like oh and we've got penner coming back i'm like totally i'm on board a lot of fun and i think i think it's mostly just like the sound bites and he's got such like a unique voice like the Mm -hmm. my ass (laughs) (laughs) he oh in millennials versus gen x Uh one of the gen xers he was from boston he was brett Brett, yeah, uh, like he reminds me of Brett in a lot of ways. Where I'm like, I could get down, Brett. Like mm-hmm. I, could, I grew up beer with that guy. Like I could, have, yeah. I could have a very fun island adventure with Brett. Yeah, Brett was definitely not like trying to pretend to be that he was as strategic as Jonathan Penner mm-hmm. is, but like, I, I'm more annoyed with the reactions from people to yeah. Penner yeah. than <laughs> Penner himself. Well, speaking of that, let's move on to episode eleven, which is. Probably the pivot point here of this whole season where it's the merge episode. It's a great episode. And Penner once again is in the spotlight. Um, We have a merge and we end up with five Raro and the I-2-4. And so I-2 knows we've got to flip one and their targets Penner. I-2 has written it off because, or rather Raro, because they think, listen, Penner turned on him once. There's no way that they'll take him back. So he's good. Uh, Yule basically 
sits down with Penner. I love this scene where Ewell recognizes like, all right, Penner is a logical, rational thinker. I have to provide him with a rational argument as to why he needs to flip. And Penner basically says, okay, the reason that I would flip would be if you have an idol. Then if you have the idol, then it would make sense for me to flip. And so Yule's like, okay, yep, I have an idol. Here it is. Um, and so long story short, uh, Penner flips. They put votes on Nate and the comeback is complete. I2 has pulled Penner into their side and overtaken the Raro tribe from a numbers perspective. Um, and that's, of course, really uh, distilling what this episode has in it because it is a really good um, and, yeah, really strong episode. Um, yeah, let's talk. Let's let's start with that flip there. Um, well, actually, let's start here at the merge. So the the um, jumping off point from this episode is the merge happens. Um, they get on a boat and get a feast, and there's beer and wine with the feast. Um, and the following ensues. He does. We have a new identity now. We've merged into one tribe, but the fact of the matter remains that we're still divided into two tribes. And as Aitutaki came in with fewer numbers, things look pretty bleak. We seriously thought it was going to be over for us. And the fact that we're still here, it's good. We're trying to figure out if there's any chink in the armor in Rarotonga. We desperately need to convince someone to come over to our side. We're glad to see you. Y'all are some tough let, little Let the games begin one-on-one. -on -one. It's going to be fun. <laughs> The Raro kids, all they wanted to do was get faded, which is not what we used to call it. How you doing, brother? <laughs> I'm starting to do really well. Oh, no. There you go. <laughs> I'm watching my girl this figure. <laughs> oh, boy. He sounds like a character in a show or something. And I can't place it, but when I think of it, I will tell this podcast. Get faded. <laughs> this is one of my all-time favorites. What year was this? <laughs> Two thousand seven. Let me pull it back up. Oh yeah, um, that is such um, Rupert. Yeah. some kind of something. Drinking yeah. something, smoking something. Drinking. <laughs> uh, this aired. Uh, why? Why did I not have this memorized? Twenty six. Two thousand six. Great year. Man, I I would have been like in I don't know what year I would have been like in middle school at that point. So I, I guess faded in my mind doesn't come up until much later. <laughs> that feels like a very early use of that word though. <laughs> they these Raro kids, cutting edge. Yeah. You've never heard somebody talk about how they wanna get faded. <laughs> Not in two thousand six I hadn't. <laughs> get faded. <laughs> It's the music, too, though. Yeah. Boop, boop, boop. <laughs> um, okay, so we're here at the merge, right? The The kids are getting faded. Um, Jonathan is, his ire is being raised at, you know, he feels more and more on the outs. Let's talk about, um, yeah, this decision-making moment, right? Where Yule is talking um, to Penner and makes the pitch to him as to how... Um, and why he should flip. 
yeah, give me your reactions to this scene um, from both Penner and Yule's perspective here. Um, yeah, did you find this to be a good move for Penner, and what did you think about Yule's approach? I, I, I think it's... I think it's objectively a good move for Penner, even if and we know it doesn't actually pan out in the end, but like he's not getting anywhere with Raro. Mm-hmm. He, he like the furthest he can go is five with Raro. Um so I, I think it makes sense to try and play the other side a little bit here. Yule takes a pretty big risk there yeah. in revealing the idol though. That's the part that like really gives me pause. Um because of the way the idol is, you don't have to play it until after the votes are read. Yep. Which means that if no one knows who actually has the idol and you know who the votes are coming for, you can take that tribal. Mm-hmm. So I, too, I mean, they know it's coming for you. Yule. like it just that's who they're after. Um, that's who Nate told Ozzy they were after. Mm-hmm. So Yule in this moment knows that, well, I have the idol. I can play the idol when my name has the most votes and then we can send one, someone from their tribe home. Mm-hmm. And you're at 4-4. And that gives you a little bit more leverage than just being like 4-5 because otherwise you're just at ties. Mm-hmm. And so to me, that feels like a safer position to be in than to tell someone that you have the idol that doesn't need to be played until the votes are counted. Yeah. Like, because then it's like, oh, well, Yule has it. So we'll just vote for someone else. No one's allowed to tell them who we're voting for. So mm-hmm. they have no idea how to play that strategically. So yeah. I don't know. In some senses, like in a normal idol world, like that is probably the right move for this idol. I'm not convinced it's mm-hmm. the right move. It was, I think the way that Yule set it up is really smart, though, right? And that he basically yeah. gives Jonathan the ultimatum and says, Listen, either you flip with us or you're going home because if they vote for me and we're all going to vote for you. So it it is very well played on Yule's part. Yeah, I think that I I think there's a total this isn't even like a this is a bad strategy move. And I think that you could do it better. I think Mm -hmm. that like your two options here. One has a lot more risk than the other. But. The reward for it, like, I mean you're in a better position. He also has like the first conversation he has with Jonathan. Cause he has two conversations with him. The first one is just like working through like, what is it that stage. will make you switch? It's like a great and, negotiation. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then he shows him, it's like, well, I have it mm-hmm. like a, in a later conversation. So I think it's, I mean, you will play this as perfectly as you could play this play on the exact right person mm-hmm. in the exact right order. You need to do this and the exact conversations you need to have to do this. Like you will place this about as perfectly as you can wield the power of an idol. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just, I love that scene and like watching these two guys like talk shop. Right. And they, they're both, mm-hmm. you can, they're both super smart. They both care a lot. Like you see, like you will basically dicing Penner up right and like recognizing this is what he needs to hear so I'm gonna give it to him that way right um yeah it's cool and and these two like you know have like a friendship that lasts beyond the game and stuff which is cool to like oh that's um, nice see them in this spot too so 
Um, Yule is like one of my favorite survivors. He yeah. seems lovely. Like yeah. he just seems like the nicest dude. Totally. He's very upfront with everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's very upfront. He's very quick with the well. Like let's consider other the other the other side of this. Yeah. Like which I love. Like, <laughs> yeah. I also love him and Becky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They just have like a really good relationship. Mm-hmm. Wish She's we got more from Becky. Yeah. yeah, it's one of those things again of like there are two people who are leading this, but one of them it's like um Tony and yeah um Trish Trish, Trish. but like very different mm-hmm. play yeah kind of the same. <laughs> well, Yule, it's just kind of a power <laughs> dynamic thing too of like yeah. Yule has the idol so. right that's true. Tony and Trish are like. Uh, dark world Yule and Becky. <laughs> yeah. The bizarro Yule and yeah, Becky. Yeah. <laughs> I also loved in this episode from Yule and the immunity challenge. It's the one where they're standing on the poles, you know, and have like the small footholds. Um, and Yule's like telling, talking to Jeff about how people with smaller feet have like a better advantage at this and it's like the same reason that elephants can't run up trees <laughs> like <laughs> adam died at that point i love that like, <laughs> it was just such a great yule moment yeah. where he's just being so genuine like yeah this is just a statement of fact like uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> like of course they can't run of, co- of course <laughs> um anything else from this episode this is yeah, again like the big the big moment here, um, and the next one is all the fallout. Um, I this episode we saw a little bit of. So this is the thing about this season is like if Ozzy was remotely strategic, he would run this game. Yeah, yep. But he's not. He's not like he 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 will outplay people on Survivor, but For he sure. will not outwit anyone. Yep. And we see him having a conversation with Nate. And I'm like, oh, maybe we're gonna get some like strategy here. Maybe maybe Ozzy's gonna come out of you know his little insulated game shell for a minute, and yep. just nothing comes of it. And it really bugged me because I I wanna I I'm I, I'm impressed with Ozzy as like a challenge beast, but yep. like I want to like him as a player because he has no strategy. I can't I like him as a player. There's Ozzy's like though you get the sense it's Yule and Ozzy. And you see him killing it in challenges. There's like not a lot of confessional content for Mozzie. It's mm. true. Yeah. So it's Except, uh, like the I think the most we hear from him is when he's like. He's like, it almost comes across arrogant, but also he's totally just stating facts mm-hmm. where he's talking about a challenge. And he's yeah. like, I blew everyone out of the water uh-huh. like, right those are most of his confessions yeah. or he's like uh if i if i leave they're not gonna be able to catch like yeah. hardly any fish yeah so yeah. like they yeah. need to keep me around. like it's just those sorts of things that like yeah it's that and then are- when they get on rewards and he like talks about how cool the reward is <laughs> I yeah. feel he like also will also say about ozzy in i think it was the previous episode actually when they the reward is the letters from home and like we get a real emotional moment from ozzy mm-hmm. like i feel like ozzy's just kind of a uh, a more introverted like family yeah, person kind of like yeah. for sure. This is just so out of his element in like the social game component mm-hmm. of it. That mm-hmm. like I yeah I but totally people get it. Still but... think he's cool. Like Nate was like yeah, Ozzy just has a vibe. Yeah. you know, so he still has that going for him. Yeah, because he's yeah, freaking. Sure. His name's Ozzy, and he's got yeah. cool hair, and he's literally the most athletic person I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> 
Uh, let's move on to episode 12 titled You're a Rat. Um, this one starts out and we'll, you know, we'll just run this here. It's a real um, everybody pile on Jonathan fest. So either at 100% chance of going home tonight or a 50% chance of going home the next time. Yeah. Because I wanted to swing the vote, flip the game. I voted for Nate. And the truth is that I would rather play with the I2 people. I'd rather see them win if I don't win. I was in the position to make that choice, and I did. And I believe I made the right choice. Did you see their faces? I know. They were shocked. I took everything out of me to contain myself. Congrats. Congrats. We worked for it. We're golden, guys. Yeah. So at Tribal Council, I think everyone was holding their breath. I believe Jonathan, and I believe he was sincere in switching over. But I wasn't sure. I think one of the like interesting things from the beginning of this episode is like. I don't know, I think it solidifies this sense that you get that Jonathan really wants to play with I2, right? He just like needed the reason. Um, and I think that like lends some extra color to what happened last episode, right? Where he's like. Well, if you sh showed me the idol, I would have to vote with you guys. I would have no choice. And it's like, really, he just, yeah, he likes them better. I think he also, I mean, this was something that happened last episode that we didn't really talk about, but like comes up again in this episode mm -hmm. is Jonathan like goes back to Raro and it's like, what if, what if Yule has the idol? And everyone's mm -hmm. like, Gil doesn't have the idol. Yeah, and like, that's the end happens. of the conversation. Like, yeah. there's not even. Yeah. And so I think Jonathan really does. He wants to play with people who are actually playing the game mm -hmm. instead of just like, we got numbers, we're done. And I think that's just what we saw there is Jonathan wanted to play Survivor yeah. and everyone else didn't want to play the way he was playing Survivor. Yeah, totally. So, yeah, this is another really interesting episode here. There's a lot that happens. We get a Survivor auction, which is a lot of fun. Love the Survivor auctions. Um, Candace ends up on exile again. Adam wins immunity this time. Um, and in the scrambling, uh, pre pre tribal, we get some really nastiness from Candace and Jonathan, some name calling and all that jazz. Um, and then at tribal, uh, Candace is voted out. And before she leaves the building, she gets a, a kiss from Adam and then Jeff from the top rope just obliterates her as he snuffs her torch. Jeff says the kiss was nice, but maybe if it was love, he'd have given you the immunity idol <laughs> torch. <laughs> Incredible. I, this is the only time I can think of off the top of my head where other Jeff says something other than just your tribe is spoken. <laughs> like, <laughs> to someone he's just not having it which like i love because it just shows i mean it was I, it was surely just off the cuff and jeff was like yeah <laughs> forget this <laughs> yeah this is stupid <laughs> nobody cares <laughs> oh my gosh um yeah let, so this episode it, it's kind of um fairly straight in the the goings on but there's definitely a lot of um, developments to the overall story here. Um, let's start with the survivor auction, which, um, for mm. the most part, is just kind of a, a fun thing. This is a really good auction. Um, if you ask me, uh, Penner gets a lot of food. 
Parvati gets a bath, um, <laughs> which is weird. Um, lots of stuff going on. Did, did you guys have any auction highlights? I loved the um, the advantage. I think um, was it Beck? Is it Becky? Becky. Yeah, it's Becky. Yes. Yep. She like borrows money, barely beats Candace out for it, and then sends Candace to Exile Island, uh-huh. and then takes her freaking money. Mm-hmm. I just I love how petty I too is about yeah. Candace, and uh, yeah. I mean just Candace committing yeah. the mutiny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like she, oh. was, she like bit all she could, and then Yule literally is like, "No, I take mine." <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love that. <laughs> and then she gets all Candace's money. It's yeah, no, that's like... Like the, that was like the best part. She didn't take her money then. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's not even like like because po- 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 poverty, poverty, poverty. It's poverty. It's, it's poverty. I can't say. But it. Jeff also calls her poverty a lot. Poverty. Yeah. <laughs> I've Parv- that. Parvati. Parvati. Yep. Parvati had already bought something, and I just like Adam and Candace, and neither of them have bought anything. So it's like this really funny. Like, well, they both have five hundred, so one of them's going. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, I was so confused. Like Adam, in particular, like he was bidding like fifty bucks. Or sixty dollars or something. I'm like, dude, you have five hundred bucks. Like, <laughs> right. there's like two items left. Like, let it fly. Yeah, man, it's not even real money. Just go for it. I think this is this is also probably why we don't see the auctions anymore. Is because people suddenly realize it's like, well, I'm gonna spend all my money waiting for the advantage to come out. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That's yep. the only thing that matters here. Like, people, even though this wasn't even like a real advantage at the end of the day, right. it was just like. <laughs> It was just, hey, be petty to someone. Yeah. <laughs> People have said that the way that you bring the idol or the bring the auction back is by saying off the top, like, okay, there's no advantage here. Yeah. It's I just am. all food. So I don't hold that. out, you know. I think that's I, I do enjoy the auction. I do too. Like, I, I liked it. Yeah, a lot. I, I think it's, it's a lot of fun. I do too. And just just seeing people, I mean there's obviously this like weird dynamic that happens in the auction where like no one really knows how much anything is worth. Mm-hmm. And so that, like, that's always a funny thing where Jonathan just winds up buying all of the food because right. no one's willing to spend money. Apparently yeah. that's not real. Yeah. So. Well, I, at least in the old seasons, you actually got to pocket and take home the money you didn't spend. Oh, for real? Oh. Yeah. yeah. Rob Sesternino's talked about this before. We're like from that's their auction, sick. you got to take the the rest home. We should that's get 500 bucks. Man. That's not bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of highlights for me in this. Um, at one point, Ozzy cheekily bids 420. Um, yeah. He's like 420. Yeah, I was gonna say his ice cream was fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and for the ice cream machine, you're right. <laughs> um, I love that he bid 420. Yeah, Ozzy. 420. <laughs> yeah, he like nice. knows what he's doing too, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to which Jeff calls him Dolphin Boy. Did you catch this? Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, I didn't understand that. It's just because he can swim. Like, yeah. I guess because he's mean, a good swimmer. He swam later in another challenge, and he like threw stuff ahead of you know they throw mm-hmm. stuff and then swim to it. And I was like, I get it. It's like, <laughs> he looks like uh, a dolphin. yeah, it doesn't make edit, but there's this weird thing that Ozzy does where he'll sometimes like get in front of the camera for confessional and just go like. Ah! <laughs> 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 Maybe that's why he doesn't get as much. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, that's why he's under. <laughs> that's so much personality. 
personality. It's way more personality than I've ever seen from us. <laughs> He's like, get up here, dolphin boy. <laughs> Uh, also loved a shot after Candace gets sent to exile. There's a shot of Parvati like scrubbing her back with this outrageous brush and like pouting. (laughs) (laughs) I found that funny. I also loved, um, there is a shot of Jonathan like licking a slice of pizza, which was odd. Um, I missed that. And then there's the, like the slow-mo montage at the end (laughs) and cut in was Jonathan's like burping. Yeah. A good auction. So the other big thing that happens this episode um, is that, and it happens at the auction here, is that Yule uh, reveals to everyone that he has the idol. Um, So now not just Jonathan knows, but he lets everybody in on the secret. What was your reaction um, to this move by Yule? Letting the cat out of the bag, so to speak. I was a little confused by it. I get I somewhat understood like telling Jonathan, but I don't really know what he has to gain from telling every person mm-hmm. in the tribe. It does make Candace's experience on Exile Island a little bit more miserable. <laughs> yeah, that so is true. I forgot if, about that. If but... that is of interest to him, then or less. So she's not just like. Spending time not finding an idol. Sure. I guess that's true. Yeah. But like in the whole like outlook of the game, I guess I didn't like. Yeah, I don't know what he gains from it. I yeah, I don't know. I don't know what. I think generally speaking. I mean, we've talked about this, like playing an idol correctly is almost impossible. So like nine times out of ten, you're the power you get from an idol is just having it and telling people you have it, not actually playing the idol. This idol is so different, though, that I just don't feel like that's the correct thing because it can be played after the vote. Mm -hmm. At the same time, telling everyone you have it, but then also like, I might hand it off to Becky. Yeah. Like if she needs it or something like then people might just be like, oh, we can't vote for Yule because he is the idol. And then it's like, oh, Becky has it now. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I. It just at this point, it just feels so like because the numbers are so in their favor, it just kind of feels like what. What can anybody really do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like, like, like he's like his tribe knows he has the idol, and nobody really questions or even brings up going after Yule. Mm-hmm. Like he's, like he's clearly like running the alliance, and they've kind of thrust him onto that role because he has the idol. In yeah. fact, so like. I don't know. It's just like yeah. Like, how would you even do it though at this point? Like yeah. when. <laughs> This late in the game, if you know that Yule has the idol, you have to you'd have to re uh, resurrect plan voodoo and split the votes split on the him. Votes, yeah. yeah. And yeah. can you get everybody on board to do that and to pick well, a second target that like people are on board with? Like, I don't know. Well, here's here's what you do. So at this point in the game, because Candace, Parvati and Adam are still in it and then Jonathan and all of I, too. So yeah. that's. How many people is that? Uh, we're at eight. eight? We're at eight. We're at eight. Yeah. So Be- Becky and Yule, I have my fingers going, similar to Yule, because it's the <laughs> only way to think about this. So Becky and Yule are going to be together. So you have six votes that you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Right, you can split that three, three. Yeah, put two, put three on Yule and three on Becky. Yeah. 
if you want to go that route. Um, You'd have to get if, Sundra and Ozzy on board. You have to get Sundra and Ozzy on board, which I, I don't know if that's like. This is the thing that bugs the heck out of me about Candace, Adam and Parvati is like they don't do anything mm-hmm. to try and like keep themselves in the game here. They're yeah. just trying to get Jonathan out before them. Mm-hmm. And it yeah. just it bugs me because I'm like, you have options. And every time someone gets voted out, you have less and less options. Yeah, yeah. we'll see yeah. Parvati turn the Jets on next episode. But at yeah. least at this point, yeah, that's they're quite just literally there. Yeah, indeed. That's excellent. I did not even think about that. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, there's not like a whole. Oh, th- this is another scene that I, I thought was really interesting. So at camp. Um, and, and this is kind of like one of the themes of this episode, right, is this question of like jury management, you know, like um voting people out in such a way that they want to vote for you at the end, right? So there's this scene where Adam tells Yule, if you vote Penner out before you vote me out, I'll vote for you to win. Mm-hmm. Which is weird. And even weirder, Yule, you, we see Yule having a conversation with Becky, like, sharing this with her, saying, and, you know, you expect that Yule's going to want to sit next to Becky in the end, so it seems weird that he would be like, hey, Adam's going to vote for me if we vote Penner out. So we should do that because it's directly helping me and hurting you, you know? So yeah, I'm interested in, in your thoughts on like this overt, um, like very face value play from both of these people with Adam telling, basically making a deal with you all that they'll, he'll vote for him to win if they vote Penner out. And then you will like talking about it openly with Becky. What did you, um, think about this whole sequence. I <laughs> sorry, we, we're we point, just, so we have video on today. Everyone's pointing at each other, listeners, yeah. and uh, it's really enhancing this experience. Um, yeah, I was going to say I completely misunderstood what was happening this whole time, so I really don't have anything to add. But you go ahead, Scott. <laughs> I honestly forget what I was going to say. Um, I, I, I will say, like, I just feel like this is bad Survivor. Like, it's like there's this thing that happens in board games that people complain about when mm. when a group of people stop playing to win and just start playing to keep someone else from winning. Yeah. Which, like, guilty of. I, I get petty. Like, I mm-hmm. understand. There's an extreme level of pettiness in all of this. Yeah. But that's just like, that just sucks. Like, that sucks for the person who is, like, actively trying to win. Yeah in this case because it's like that's that's just such a crappy way to do it it's like agreeing to make trades in Catan only so that way someone else doesn't win mm-hmm. like you're you're not trying to win anymore what are you in this game for yeah yeah that's a great like way of talking about it because it totally is what adam's doing at this point he's like yeah i think this also i mean again i totally didn't hear that this happened because i don't know what was happening with my mind at this point but <laughs> now understanding this i think that just goes to show how adam is playing this game like he's just not yeah he's just like i have my friends and i have people i don't like yeah and i don't care about the strategy of the game i just want to like keep my friends yeah pretty much something to loyalty but like there's absolutely no strategy yeah it's it's juvenile for sure yeah um yeah and then the rest is history they vote candace out five to three pretty cut and dry 
um, Jeff does uh, annihilate her and ruin her entire career on the way out. <laughs> uh, anything else from this uh, trio of episodes before we call it an episode? Um, is this this is the one where did we talk about the Candace blow up? A little bit. We can talk about it more, though, like at, at tribal or at camp before tribal council where she and Penner are yelling at each other. Yeah, I just like. That was I did not like this episode. Because of all of those things like this just felt like I mean, I it got nasty. Yeah. You said juvenile. It's just like this, there was just like there's this one episode in the middle here that's just not Survivor anymore. It's just. You hurt my feelings and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I failed to mention that Parvati has a quote early in the episode where she says that she, quote, wants to throw up all over Jonathan's face. <laughs> yeah, that was cool. Which is a weird thing to say. <laughs> um, Parvati's great. <laughs> she is great. So dramatic. It makes me mad. I'm I know like, she is. You're being total jerks to jonathan like yeah even if you don't like him the way that you're doing it is just so dumb you do feel for petter like he's ganged up on for sure like he yeah. doesn't morally do anything wrong here he's right. playing survivor yeah. right like right and also he's just he's surrounded by people who aren't like fans of hanging out with him after being on a secluded island for yeah. 30 days like there's nothing there's nothing about him there's nothing that has happened that is like personally like yeah. Jonathan Benner is a bad person yeah it's just everyone's annoyed and they're like making it way more personal than it needs to be yeah 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 they've like made him the villain and he's like probably not even the top five of villains yeah he's not even like a villain to me but like he's no. not even close he's like no. mega mind of villains <laughs> yeah he's not <laughs> Adam is clearly the villain here clearly yeah I think so well, let's leave it there then. Uh, thanks for listening to this episode of Outwatch. Make sure that you're subscribed or following our feed so that you don't miss any of our episodes. We've got two more in our Cook Islands rewatch. We've got two episodes and then our live finale, which you won't want to miss. Uh, listener support is active for our podcast too. You can check the link in the podcast show notes if you are willing to pledge some cash to us on a recurring basis to help pay for our CBS All Access or Paramount Plus, rather, subscription. Paramount Plus. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.